Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Um, hope you guys enjoyed going to hear Dustin and Becca talk last week. It was really good. I'm always so convicted by them. They're just incredible people. Um, so just to kind of give you a rundown of what the rest of this class will look like. I've just <laughs> jumbled it all up again, so it's fine. Um, today we're going to talk through the fear chapter. And then next week we're going to hear about anger from Carmen Rassi. Definitely be here. It's going to be really good. And then I'm going to smush grief, guilt, shame, and museum of tears. <laughs> just, you know, small topics to get through in an hour. Um, I'm just going to smush all that together. So please read that on your own. I'm not going to be able to cover it comprehensively at all. Um, but it is well worth your read for sure. So, okay, why don't I go ahead and pray and then we can get started. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for, for this day and the chance that we get to be together. Lord, I ask that you be with each of these women um, and just help me say what you want me to say and help them hear what you'd like them to hear, Father. We are in your hands and we are... So grateful to be so. We love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's recap what we've learned so far, especially since we missed a week. Um, we have learned that emotions are a good gift from God, that they reflect what we love and value, and they can help us to connect with others, and they also motivate us to take action, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Um, they turn us towards God when we engage them properly. Um, to engage them properly, that means to first identify them without judgment, examine why we're feeling that way, and then evaluate which aspects of that emotion are godly and which are selfish. And then one way to relate to others is asking what an experience was like for them, summarizing that, and then asking how we can do it differently. And then the last lesson that we talked through was um, we grow and we starve emotions, right? Um, we grow as we know God and his word. We take care of our bodies. We lament when we need to. Um, we remember what God has done for us in the past and worshiping with others. That helps grow those healthy emotions. Um, and then to starve them, we know our identity in Christ, right? It's not that um, our emotion is not our identity, um, we are who we are in Christ, praise God. Um, also, we're not rushing our actions. We're slow to act. We think through and evaluate first. And we avoid black and white thinking, like anger is bad, joy is good, that kind of thing. Okay, so basically, to sum it all up, emotions are shaped by what you love, and you should engage them deliberately and thoughtfully. So from here to the end in the book, they look at these different emotions that I talked about, like fear, anger, guilt, shame, um, and we're going to use what we've learned on those difficult emotions, and then it gives us like suggestions on how to identify the emotion, examine, evaluate, and then act in response to that emotion. Um, one thing to say, if there are one of these, or maybe multiple, if you're like me, that like really stand out to you, please study their, that chapter. Again, I'm not going to be able to cover things comprehensively. There's really good stuff in this book. Um, I also want to make it clear that this book isn't like the end-all, be-all on conquering all of these emotions. Sometimes 
Um, we need extra discipleship. Um, that's where our wonderful free counseling resource that we have here at church comes in. Um, so if this is something that sounds beneficial to you, if you're stuck in one of these emotions or in one of those places, um, let me know. Let Ann know. We can point you in the right direction and get signed up for it. It's a really amazing program. Okay. So we're beginning with fear. <laughs> um, and it's important because it's all around us. It's in almost every interaction you have. There's some undercurrent of fear, um, especially right now. It's also the most common thing that people seek counseling for. Different things are at the base of fear, but it is, it is prevalent. Audience participation. Can you guys give me um, some thoughts on what you think some of the more common fears are or the bigger fears? Any ideas? Health. Yeah. Especially right now, right? Health is a big one. Yeah. Your children all the things with children yeah for sure finances finances absolutely failure yes <laughs> yep that was on the top five yep and like things like fear of failure like for some people struggle with it some people it's not as much but it's still in the undercurrent right whether you recognize that it, it's a fear you have or not like when you're completing a task there's always that there so okay there's a lot yeah, you said all of them. Good job. Um, dying, but that's kind of in health, too. Um, so what is fear? Fear is the single best map of what we actually value. Its message is very simple. What you value is under threat. Um, and it makes sense, right? Like, um, you'll value your kids more than, like, your plant, I hope. I know some people are, like, really big plant people, so... <laughs> Um, you'll, you'll worry more about losing like your money, right? Than say your board game. So what we value most is what we're tied to, um, is tied to what we fear the most. There's a direct correlation there. We fear that what we love is under threat. So that's a way that fear can be helpful. It can, um, show us where our heart is, where, what our biggest fears are, are correlated to where our treasure is, right? What we, what we care about. Um, do you want like a conscience check? I know it was for me. In all of Paul's letters, he tells us what his greatest anxiety is. He talks about the daily pressure of anxiety for all the churches. Um, I feel like if I were him, my fears or anxieties would be about like getting shipwrecked again or <laughs> attempted murder. <laughs> but his heart's greatest value is in the expansion of God's church and the love of God's people. So that's where fear is good, right? His fear or anxiety drives him to run to God and then work hard to fulfill God's calling on his life. Um, last time, like I said, we talked about to evaluate whether emotions are good or bad. And he's a really good example of having a good anxiety, running to God with it, and using it for good. Um, so it's just, that's really important. We need to evaluate why we fear and, and like, for example, 
Um, my kids are home alone right now, so as soon as I'm done teaching and I'm going to teach fast, I'm going to run home, right? But it's good that I am a little bit worried about them because this is their first time. Um, so then I put some things into place. I've got neighbors who know they're home. I left a list of numbers, right? That's a way that like God uses our worries for a good thing. It's not just bad. Um, so then the book talks next about how fear motivates like, I know you guys have probably all, like, heard of fight or flight, right? And I th that's definitely there, especially, like, in intense situations. But um, I think there's more to it. It's a little bit more nuanced, usually in our day-to-day -day life. Um, fear motivates us to seek three things, safety, control, and certainty. Again, these aren't bad things to, to try to find in the face of danger, Right? Um, but we can take those desires too far. Again, that's why we're evaluating how we feel and making sure the emotions point back to God. So in the book, they use a couple examples of that, like um, a wife sinned against by her husband, um, someone sinned against as a child, or even someone who's just has like a timid personality and is just generally fearful. Um, and in response to that sin against them or even just their fear, like, of that happening again, they try to grasp safety, control, and certainty, but at all costs, right? And anything other than Jesus pursued at all costs will always cost more than you can afford. Um, and I'm sure you guys, you, you know that, right? We've all been afraid, and we try to cling like super tightly to the perceived safety, um, at least for me, that then I'm no longer willing to step out of the zone of what I feel like I can control, um, even if it means to love others or to obey God. So that's when anger fear can become sinful. Um, the issue with the strong desire for control, and I, I feel like sometimes as women, we all kind of struggle with that, with wanting to be in control of every situation, right? Um, but the issue with that is that we're trusting in ourselves rather than God to obtain that, right? We lean on our own strength because we think then we know what we're getting. We can control it. Um, I can tell you from experience that what is really at the heart of that is a lack of trust that God has our best interests at heart. So the thing I'm learning about agreeing to teach at church is that he does this thing where he has you talk about all the things that he's doing in you, even when it's super embarrassing. And even the fact that I hesitate to talk about it um, showed me that I had to sit down this week and think about why I'm afraid to talk about my life, honestly, to a group of people. Um, and it showed that, oh, hey, I have a fear of what you all think of me. And it tempts me like greatly, like I can feel flushed already, um, to like keep quiet about what he's done in my life so that I can control what you guys think of me. Um, and that is not obeying his command and not obeying and trusting that what he wants me to do is good. <coughs> so again, I'm telling you, it is so helpful to evaluate your fears and your emotions because you'll be amazed and all the fun things the Lord teaches you. And it is good. It's good. Um, so anyway, back to what I do not want to talk about. <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> 
Um, I struggled with anxiety for years. Uh, my first panic attack, like full-blown panic attack, was in junior high. I had no idea what was happening um, until actually much, much later in life I could put a name to it. Um, they came off and on for a while, for years. Um, and like it would, like the anxiety and the attacks especially would kind of wax and wane throughout my life. But um, a series of fairly traumatic things happened in 2017 in my adult life. And then uh, it got really bad, just to be honest with you. Um, it felt like I spent years trapped in like this ever-enclosing prison of fear is really how it felt. Um, and like I'm not telling you this because um, I think that if you're struggling like I did, I have all the answers. I don't feel that way. Um, I'm sure that we don't have the same anxieties and fears at our base. But I can tell you my experience and then take that for whatever God wills. Um, my particular fears were super, super self-focused. I began to value my own health, like a lot, and the health of my family. Honestly, like more than anything, um, if it got threatened, I couldn't breathe. And like not just for a minute, like I couldn't breathe for a long time. And my chest began to just hurt all the time, like for years. Um, I, lit I eventually got pretty consumed with the fear of dying early, leaving my family. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and it did not make things better. Um, but God is kind. God is really kind. So here's what helped me. Take it for what you will. Um, in the women's Bible study we do here, uh, one of the steps that we do every week is list the attributes of God. Um, that we saw in that week's verses. We were studying the book of Acts, and over and over again, I had to write down that God is sovereign, mm -hmm. that God is kind, that he's big, that he keeps his promises, that God is merciful, and that I'm loved. And you do that every week. And I would pretty consistently write a little note in my margin saying, if this is true, why am I so afraid of everything? Um, so I wish I had read this book sooner. <laughs> it took me way too long to give true evaluation of my fear and my feelings um, to come to the conclusion that, oh, I must not truly believe that I serve a God who is kind and is for me. Um, who takes the trials that I've been given and use it for his glory and my good, to truly believe that, I, I just realized that it was lacking for me. Um, I get frustrated sometimes. If you know my story, my goodness, I have been given so much evidence to see the truth of God's kindness and in the ways that he uses things for my good. Um, so it, I get frustrated a little bit. It took me a really long time to believe the truth with my whole self. Um, one caveat, I know that there can be physical factors as well, and especially when it comes to anxiety. Um, there was in my case, I was chronically anemic. So that definitely played into it, but that also goes back to what we learned about 
how your body can affect your emotions and taking care of your body. And I don't know every situation that you guys have. I don't know how strongly you deal with fear in your lives. Um, but this is the truth of what God did when I was consumed with fear. And that was to show me where my faith needed to be shored up and strengthened. Um, so meditating on the truth of who God is and believing that body and soul um, really did change everything for me. And in his goodness, it did release me from my prison of fear and unbelief that I lived in. And I am like beyond grateful that I no longer live in that prison of fear and anxiety. But I'm also, I'm also pretty grateful I did. Um, God used it to, as he does, all the things, to strengthen my dependence on him and my love for him. Um, and that's, that's worth anything, right? So I know I'm an extreme case. I know that you guys probably don't all relate to my story. There might be some, though. You never know. Um, if you do relate to fear in, um, well, you do. You do relate to fear, right? In some capacity, we live in like a super broken world. So it's an emotion that we all share. We all work through because we all, we all value things and those things get threatened. So um, in your notes, you can see too, um, there's some just practical suggestions with what to do with fear. Um, number one, remind ourselves of God's love and care. Remember, he wants us to reach out to him when we're afraid. Don't forget that piece. Being in prayer all the time is a big deal. Um, it stills your heart. And preaching truth to yourself. Um, two, calm the body down with breathing, with exercise, and with rest. Your body has a lot to do with your emotions. Um, three, find ways to slow down and speak truth to yourself if anxiety has you on a never-ending treadmill like it did for me. Um, four, seek out and seize opportunity to face your fears and put yourself in Christ's hands. Um, trying to bury yourself in distraction or running from it does not work in the long term. I can remember um, I use many different things to bury. Uh, I would go to sleep so that I didn't have to feel it anymore. Um, I would play some dumb game on my phone when it got really bad to distract me. Um, I know people bury themselves in work. Uh, it's just like a really momentary band-aid and creates a really bad habit, honestly. So don't do that. Um, Humble yourself if you're trying to engage your fears through controlling the situation all on your own. There's limitations that come from being human. Um, and just recognizing that fear helps you become dependent on him, it's a big thing. Realizing that your fear isn't this scary, overwhelming monster in the room, but actually it can help you become closer to God. That helped me a lot. Um, be aware of what you're running to instead of God to deal with your fear and replace this with prayer. And um, seven, ask others to help you and to pray with you. I tried to overcome it on my own for a long time. That did not work. Um, it also helped me to have an outward looking focus. I, the cool thing about going through something like that is that sometimes you can see it in other people when um, maybe it gets missed from people who can't recognize it. And it's been actually really neat to be able to 
kind of sounds bad, but it's been good to be able to see other people um, in the throes of it. I can recognize it, and I've been able to, more, more than one occasion, to say, hey, me too. Do you want to talk about it? Here's what helped me. Um, so I think that's another way that God uses some of our trials. Um, and it helps when you're in the midst of a lot of fear. It can be very self-focused, inward-focused, and it helps to to look at others and to look at God and just be as outward-focused as you can. Um, so again, the book goes into excellent detail about what fear is, how to evaluate it, um, what to do about it. So if you struggle with it, study the chapter. It is worth your time. Um, but just to sum it all up, evaluate your fear, um, let it show you what you value and then what you need to do about it. And then second, just bring it to Jesus and let him use your fears and then all the idols that it does uncover um, to teach you how to trust him with it all. It's a, it's a really sweet freedom to rest in. So, okay. I'm going to close this with prayer, if that's all right, because I'm feeling the need, and then we'll break into our groups. Oh, Father God, thank you for getting me through this, and thank you for these sweet women who are smiling at me. You are so, so kind, Lord. Um, please be with all of them, Father, as we wrestle through this broken world. Uh, there is so much that can distract us from who you are, and who you are is good and kind and sovereign over all of us. So we love you so much, Lord. We love you so much. Please bless this time together, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to go, go home to my kids. Um, but please, I put questions on the back. Um, please go ahead and break up into your groups. My group will meet back there. And where do you want to meet? Okay, just up here and then yeah you guys know the drill by now right okay thank you for being kind